Ag State of Mind, episode 120. Welcome to Ag State of Mind, a podcast that examines the stresses affecting producers of agriculture and how to alleviate these stresses and improve farmers' lives. In this podcast, we discuss openly the mental health crisis that is occurring in the agricultural community and what we can do to help turn it around. Now here's your host, Jason Meadows. It changes everything. So says Indiana corn grower Nathan Davis about innovative Zyway LFR fungicide from FMC. Zyway brand fungicides are the first and only at-plant corn fungicides to provide unprecedented, season-long, inside-out foliar disease protection. Discover more grower and retailer success stories at zyway.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions. Hello and welcome back to the Ag State of Mind podcast, a proud member of the Global Ag Network. I am your host, Jason Meadows. Today, we are going back to talk to our friend Shelby Powell of the Southwest Ag Center. We talk about all the new things that they have going on there. Uh, really excited for this new space that kind of they're embarking on trying to take ag producers mental health and make it a priority uh they're traditionally more like a safety type organization but i think ag mental health is kind of that new frontier of ag safety so i'm really excited to hear about what they got going on and really excited for you guys to hear this conversation uh pretty quick turnaround time for shelby to be back she was on the podcast uh, a couple months ago she's back again because she had so much to share with us so very excited to have her back and uh very excited for all the things that they have going on at the southwest ag center Hello, Shelby Powell. Welcome back to the Ag State of Mind podcast. How are you this evening? I'm doing well. Enjoying our 40 degree weather after an 80 degree Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it just doesn't, that, you know, I mean, it wasn't much different for us. I think we were in the mid 70s for Christmas, but, you know, now I, we were talking before we recorded, I think it's going to be eight degrees or three degrees here tonight. So, whatever you know that's that's missouri weather that's missouri weather in a nutshell where one week it can be in the 70s and then single digits the next well you and i have been trying to reconnect for a while we really wanted to get together before the holidays it didn't work out i can't remember what all happened but uh we finally finally got back we're recording now it's january 6th so you were on the podcast before on i think it was episode 94 you know, so just a little bit earlier, a couple months ago. So it's a pretty quick turnaround time for you to be back on here, which is really exciting because it means you are, you guys are doing more at the Southwest Ag Center. And I'm really excited to hear about it and to share it with listeners of the podcast. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot has taken place since we last spoke. Our last interview, we we talked with Brittany Schrick. She's Mm -hmm. one of our researchers. And that project, you know, I think it's a passion project for some of us at the Ag Center. 
we've learned it's also a passion of, you know, the Texas Ag Commissioner, Sid Miller. You know, when this funding came available for the project we're working on with the Texas Department of Agriculture, it was something that, you know, it's kind of a no-brainer for us. We were excited to, to jump on it when it has to do with mental health and agriculture. You know, without producers realizing it, you know, we see it as kind of this, um, they go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. It's a very stressful environment, stressful workplace, balancing family life, work life, and personal life in one environment can be very challenging. So, you know, this funding came open and they said, you know, we we found the Ag Center. I don't know how they found us exactly, but they said, you know, we want um, y'all to work with us and we're going to work with AgriSafe as well. And AgriSafe is working on launching a helpline for producers. And everyone that's taking the call is trained in agriculture stressors. So they have an understanding of what these producers are going through when they're experiencing a crisis. So that right there is such a, a plus. It's something that's definitely needed for that community as far as a resource and the Ag Centers put together our webpage. Mm-hmm. Last we spoke, I think we talked about our social media campaign. Mm-hmm. Seasons change, you remain mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. that's taking off. Um, we're, we're creating more images for that to go on social media. And that's going to include, you know, a link to our, our website, information about the hotline, resources, et cetera point of those messages are really just kind of bring hope to that community. Um, When they see a message that says something like, you're worth more here, or, you know, you're the most important asset on your farm or ranch. You know, those are phrases that really resonate with producers. It's potentially thoughts that have crossed their minds, you know, negative thoughts that, you know, they've had at some point or another that they may, you know, not want to admit to, but almost everyone's thought those things when they're going through a really stressful time, you know, is my life insurance policy worth more than my life? And those are the kind of thoughts that we know some producers are having. And hopefully these messages will bring hope and direct them to resources that they can use that are tangible and helpful, especially the the helpline that they can call. Just another side note, this is exciting if it works out. It's not confirmed, but we met with Tractor Supply. Mm-hmm. I found them on LinkedIn. I found the, the VP or whoever it was, and I sent them a message, and I would just hope that they would respond. And they emailed me back, and they're like, hey, we'd love to connect. And so we had a meeting with them, and we said, you know, we'd love to display you know, a brochure and a bracelet with this helpline in every store in Texas, if it's a possibility. Because a good friend of ours, Marie Reed, told us a story once about how she wore a t-shirt and a bracelet that had something to do with suicide or talking to someone going through a tough time. And this woman at the checkout stopped her and said, you know, that you know, that's where I'm at right now. I'm really worried about my husband. I'm kind of afraid to leave him at home because I'm just worried about him. I don't know what he's going to do, you know, next. And uh, Marie was actually kind enough to give this woman her cell phone number and said, call me, you know, if, if something happens or if you're worried about him, you know, I'll talk with him. And she gave her some resources and that idea was just kind of what sparked this idea of putting the bracelets and the brochures at a checkout um, at, a you know, 
ag related store. Sure. And, you know, as we're talking with tractor supply, they actually told us a story about an employee who interceded on a man's attempt on suicide. He was purchasing a rope and had planned to take his life that evening. So stories like that have just been, you know, hugely impactful. um, And they've inspired us to continue this kind of work and this in agriculture and we know we're doing the right thing. We know this is needed. And so if that works out, you know, we'll have our displays there and, you know, hopefully those displays can go in other stores and more rural areas, but we're making headway on this project and more and more people see its significance. We've been able to have some meetings with producers and they've kind of talked to us about the idea of mental health, what that means to them, what resources they're looking for. And it's, it's getting out there. People are interested and they're, they're hungry for more if they feel they're in a comfortable place to talk about it. And so I think we're, we're in a good spot in 2022 to talk more about mental health. That's great. What, so you, you said something there at the end and you said, you know, what does mental health look like to producers? What are you finding out that mental health looks like to the people you serve? I think for a lot of them, you know, mental health, could mean not not being present. You know, it could mean uh, a change in attitude, a change in emotion. And, and for them, you know, for producers in general, family is important. And if they're going through, you know, a hard time or they're dealing with a lot of stress, you know, a few of them said we tend to withdraw because we want to deal with that stress on our own. We don't want to ask for help and being the strong one in the family, you know, you're not going to admit your weakness and you're not going to go in front of your family and tell them what's going through your head. So they've realized, you know, the importance in addressing that stress. And it could mean you're not as productive on your farm or ranch. It could mean that you're pulling away from your family, potentially mean an, you know, an injury or illness on the farm because you're distracted. It means a lot of things, I think, in, in a more tangible way than we realize for producers when we talk mental health. And it just takes the time to talk with them and understand what it means to them. And then once we understand that, you know, we're, we're using that in our messaging and our campaigns because, you know, we want the words that we say and the, the resources that are out there to be impactful and to be really helpful to them. So you're in Texas, which is to me the epitome of America. But it's also the epitome of independence. What is that like? Is is do you feel like you almost uh, are are starting out with an uphill battle, even more so dealing with producers in Texas? Because I feel, you know, and this is just thoughts rolling out right now. You know, because we have, I think a lot of us, especially those of us outside of Texas, have this idea of, you know, the people from Texas are very proud, very strong, and very independent, which is a great thing. But at the same time, you know, just the ag community in general, they're very independent. But also, I I talk about how a lot of times it doesn't really lend itself to outside help very easily. So I'm just wondering, do do you feel a, a, a challenge um, maybe more so than your peers in other, and I know you work with 
multiple states, you know, so, but I'm just, I'm just curious. That's probably just more for my own curiosity. Yeah. Well, have you seen Yellowstone? <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. I have. So you see Kevin Costner, just this tough, rugged man who's seen it all, who's dealt with it all and uh -huh. who, you know, at the end, you know, just doesn't have that support, you know, from his wife or whoever he thought he had. And he's just, he's just coping, you know, he's just surviving. I think in Texas for a lot of producers, you know, their strengths are their weaknesses and, you know, that, that independent rugged spirit of just pushing through, just overcoming is a really wonderful attribute. It's what, you know, continues to get them through the hard times and that's how they've survived so many years. That's how agriculture is pushed through, but yeah. in this innovation, but when you don't address the, the strength as an issue, you know, as a weakness, you also, you also kind of get taken over by it. You know, this, this idea of this independence in a one hand can be really great. It can get you through anything. But then when you start to slide downhill and you say, well, I still don't need any help. I, I've gotten this far. Well, you realize that you're starting to slide down that hill and, and there's no assistance. And, you know, you're, you're just digging that hole for yourself. And, and so I think what has really helped us with this messaging and with this project is the idea of community and, you know, the idea of farm strong, ag strong is about community and, you know, what's, what's agriculture without friends and family and pastors and mentors and neighbors, you know, that's been the theme, I think, of country and agriculture and farm life for years. You know, the small town where everyone kind of knows each other and helps each other out. But in order to succeed, in order to overcome, you know, it takes a little bit of asking for help and admitting that, you know, pride is kind of your stumbling block sometimes. And so the theme I think has been, you know, even the strongest people ask for help because that strength is knowing, well, if I'm going to get better, I'm going to have to rely on friends, family, neighbor, whoever it is. And we help each other. We build each other up. You know, the strongest structures I think of a pyramid and it's not one straight tower of blocks or one mm -hmm. line or one pillar. It's, it's levels of, of different blocks. And that's what I think of this community and agriculture. That's what I think of these small towns and they build each other up. Each one has its own unique role. And in order to keep going, you've got to rely on the next you know person and continue to seek resources and continue to seek how you can do better and overcome and I think the most successful farmers and ranchers understand that and they understand they can't get better and they can't continue through these really tough climates and these market changes and these pandemics without, you know, asking for a little help from someone. So that's what I would say to that. I, I think there's definitely a lot of positives from, you know, being independent and being strong and being tough, but I think it means more than doing it alone. It means doing it with others, doing it with help. And help doesn't have to be weak. 
weakness, it, it can be strength. So, you know, and I think whenever we, one of my, some of my favorite images or stories, or I shouldn't say favorite, but like maybe most heart, heartwarming is you, you see, you hear about a farmer who is, has cancer or has got injured somehow. And, you know, it's right in the middle of harvest or even before harvest begins. And what happens is, you know, they get six, seven neighbors come with their combines and put up their, put up their crop. And, you know, just, that's just a really a, um, that's just a testament to what you're just talking about, how, you know, the, the, the community that is agriculture is rural life. But I think when, you know, we're starting to do, we're starting to do better, but, you know, again, there's a lot of work to be done is, you know, we've got to see these things like, you know, these mental health struggles, these challenges, you know, we need to rally in the same way. We need for people to understand that these situations, these scenarios are just as serious or, or could be even more serious than some of those other scenarios where we talk about so openly. And again, I think we're doing a better job, but I think we just, again, just need to keep pushing that uphill. Yeah. Well, I, I would say I'm, I'm proud of Farm Bureau. Mm -hmm. so they're, they're making mental health the center of, you know, a lot of their projects and themes. And um, they came out with a video that kind of highlighted a few different states and producer story with, with mental health. And I think that's just really impactful because that's an organization I think a lot of producers trust. You know, they, they, yeah, have, and they have a that. lot of pull too. They have a lot of influence. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, especially like our Department of Ag in Texas and, and other states, when they're showing producers, they're kind of being the leader in this mental health campaign. And, and I think that's speaking volumes. And I think that's showing producers like, like, you know, this is this is an issue. It's a big issue. And it's not, you know, it's not something that's going away. It's something that we need to start talking about and um, providing a way for producers to talk about it, to get help that they need, to find resources, you know, a productive workplace, a productive farm or ranch needs healthy workers and yeah. safe mm -hmm. workers. Mm -hmm. You know, oftentimes there's, there's so many studies just looking at the cost of injury and illness on the farm, you know, and how that affects just the environment, the climate of the farm or ranch. You know, we look at the billions of dollars that are spent on um, injury and illness and fatalities, but the number is much smaller when it comes to these preventative activities that, you know, places like the Accent are doing. And that includes mental health because we know that a majority of those in agriculture are dying by suicide at a really high rate. And unfortunately, you know, it may be looked at as an accident because maybe they're, they're hoping to help their family out and use some of that life insurance policy or, or maybe they can make it look like an accident because, you know, it was done during an activity that they always do. And it just, Oh, it just accidentally happened. But unfortunately, you know, that's just something that's taking place more and more. And that's, that's something we need to talk about. So 
I, I think once someone starts that conversation, it really is a domino effect because another person kind of pipes in and they say, you know, that did happen to someone I know. And someone else says, well, that happened to, you know, my family member. And it just, it goes on and on. And once that spark happens, it really ignites change in the community. I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, when you when you get one person to share in their story, it's like you say, it's like a domino effect. It just it keeps happening, keeps happening. So I have had the I've been very fortunate to have lots of speaking events as of late. And most of the time how it goes is I speak and then we have we talk as a group after I'm done. But this time was a little, one of these times, this last time I spoke actually was a little bit different. I split some time with somebody on this presentation and she started off and she's like, I want questions in the middle. And I'm like, I remember sitting there, I'm like, oh no, I don't know how to handle this. (laughs) You know, (laughs) you know, so it was my turn. And apparently that rule just kept on going because people just talk and I was fine with it, you know, but it's, but I just, I, I couldn't help but be just amazed by how, you know, one person started talking and sharing their story and then another person, and then another person, you know, once one person like breaks through and tells that story and it's like a viral effect almost and where just it, it takes one person being a little bit strong to, you know, give somebody else some courage and then the next person, the next person. And it's an, it's incredible to see how some people are so willing to share some things that you may not, you know, this is another thing we need to get past, but I mean, it's, it's still real is, you know, people sharing stuff that surprises you that, people that you wouldn't think struggle like that actually do struggle like that. And I know for me, you know, one of the most powerful things I can, that can happen is, you know, an old man or a big burly guy sharing their story. I mean, that, that hits me really hard because I guess maybe because it's so unexpected, but maybe it shouldn't be unexpected. Maybe we should not be surprised when that kind of stuff happens. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think we are surprised because, you know, those those kind of faces and, and people are the ones that, you know, in this culture we expect to be the strongest and the toughest and to not cry and to not have emotion and to be, you know, this backbone when the rest of the community is falling apart. But what you said when you said it, it impacts you the most is we're kind of waiting on it. We're kind of hoping that that's the person that tells the story so that the rest of us can feel okay to share, yeah. you know, and it's like when they do finally talk about it, we kind of have this, this breath of, okay, I can, I can sigh of relief. I can talk about okay. it now because so-and-so did. And, um, you know, they really lead by example when they do that. And if there can be that one person in, you know, every community that steps forward and just kind of shares their story, I think that will be so impactful for, for everyone else. And yeah, we, we spoke with a few producers and, you know, some of our meetings and you could tell who those community leaders were. They helped organize the event. They, they talked the most and they, they shook everyone's hand and they knew who everyone was. And a lot of people look up to them, you know, and I think we all know that one person in our community that is the strong one that kind of leads everyone and 
if it starts with them, I, I think if, if they can share something or if they don't have anything to share, if they're willing to just promote, you know, this topic, I think mm-hmm. it will be really impactful. Yeah. I mean, in trying to, I think, and another thing I think that is really cool that is the whole tractor supply thing and making it, and obviously if that comes to fruition and I hope it does, but so stuff like that, putting it in places where, you know, you're going to be anyway at the feed store, at the tractor supply store here. We don't have tractor supply stores. We have Orschlin and, you know, independent stores, you know, so having stuff there, having stuff where, you know, you're going to be anyway. And, and then like when you say it's like a bracelet or a handout, it's almost in a non-threatening manner. I find that non-threatening things to be very impactful because they resonate with people even if they don't tell you that they do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, everyone wants to grab a free bracelet. I mean, that, you know, those little rubber bracelets, everyone grabs one. Everyone wants to wear them. Kids grab them. You know, a son could be with his father and they could be checking out and the dad may not even give it a second look, but the kid could grab a bracelet yeah, and just kind of keep yeah. it with him. And then who knows, he leaves it in his truck and the dad's going through something someday and he decides to look at that and calls the number, you know, you know, that's a huge impact right. um, without them even realizing it, you know, in an ideal world, we would have that in every little feed store in, in every little Texas town, but <laughs> that takes a lot of work to, to contact yeah. all of those. But, you know, we start with tractor supply. Another idea was Dairy Queen because heck, you know, you could be in the middle of nowhere, but there's going to be a Dairy Queen that's funny. somewhere. So, you know, that's, that's our every state, every state has a place like that. See, for for, for Missouri, it's Casey's. Do you guys have Casey's down there? No, you don't don't have. Yeah. They're more of a Midwest thing, but yeah, this little, you know, these little towns are, there's nothing, just a map spec and Mm -hmm. uh, they'll have a Casey's, you know? And so I think Casey's would be an incredible place, you know, just bouncing ideas off of places case, you know, Casey's would be an incredible place for stuff like that to happen here. Yeah. So, you know, those are, those are the practical ideas we're trying to run with, you know, let's not reinvent the wheel. What's something that someone's going to grab and actually use and you know, with this kind of stuff, it's sensitive. Yeah. You know, true. it's not something that the the register or the checkout person's going to say, hey, we're preventing suicide. Do you want to learn more about it with this, you know, right. blah, blah, blah. You know, it needs to be a little discreet. There needs to be a little bit of privacy, I think, but still the issue needs to be put out there. So if someone wants to grab a bracelet or a brochure, they can, but a conversation doesn't always have to be had unless you know, it's organic and they want to talk about it. Like in, you know, the case I mentioned earlier with the tractor supply employee, but you know, there, there's a little bit of discretion, but it's still out there. We're not hiding mental health. We're not hiding suicide and that this is, you know, a problem. It's, it's real. So we're going to continue to talk about it. Good. Because it is, there needs to be so much talk. And I want to talk about your, your social media stuff too. the, the, the photos, like they stop me. Like they're very, some of those images are very, very impactful to me personally. And, uh, I just, I just want to like kind of give you guys props on that because there's a lot on social media, right? Yeah. You know, there's so much. And, you know, so I know that being able to grab somebody's attention is important. And, 
And I think there was one where there's a guy in a cowboy hat and a dog or something. And it's just like, wow, that, that could be a picture of me or could be a picture of my dad, you know, or something like that. And, uh, it just, re- you know, there's a realness that goes to it. And whenever something seems real to somebody, they relate to it. And, that's that's very important in this sort of space yeah uh, that was a really um big importance to us was making sure that these images were relatable and the text was relatable you know they were phrases that someone might say to themselves or say to others you know having those thoughts like it's i'm dealing with this all by myself no one's here to help me i don't know what i'm going to do or you know thinking that like i said earlier that they're life insurance policies worth more than yeah. life, you know, yeah, isn't that those are real thoughts, a, unfortunately. That, that and, like kind of stuff makes it real yeah. for me. Like when you think of people that, you know, and I know people actually think about those things mm-hmm. and that's, that really like makes it real. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like kind of an impossible thought, like, Oh, I would never get to that place. But you know, you do, unfortunately people get to that place and, you know, those are the kind of thoughts that we want to stop in their track, you know, okay, you've, you've thought that, you know, you've <laughs> been to that place, like, let's steer you in a different direction. Let's find help, you know, let's encourage you to talk to someone. It doesn't have to be a counselor at this point in time, but it can be a friend. It can be someone you trust, you know, just get it out of your head and onto paper or, you know, to someone else. And that's like the first step you know, getting, getting through all of this. And so we're, we're not trying to complicate this too much or make it too difficult to understand. You know, we just, we want to put those messages out there and bring some encouragement and hope to these producers who are going through a lot right now and will continue to go through a lot and then hopefully get them to some tangible, helpful resources. Yeah. I mean, it's an ever, it's an ever changing landscape and, you know, every time you think it can't get more complicated, it does. And, you know, people reach breaking points, unfortunately. And it's it's very important that they have the resources, as many resources at their disposable as 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 is possible. Uh, to, and, you know, we're talking about, we're talking about before we start recording, there's, you know, a lot of podcasts popping up. There's sites and resources, you know, and to me, the more the better because who knows what it's going to take to, you know, to meet somebody where they're at. And that's, that's super important. Yeah. I I think what's really exciting is this helpline. Once it launches, it's one thing to find, you know, a resource online that talks about your stress, but it's another thing to talk to someone on the phone and then actually direct you to what you need. Yeah. I mean, there's, you could spend, you know, hours on our, on certain websites looking for, for funding, for financial help. I mean, and then realizing you don't have the right documents. It's, it's a very arduous task and it's the last thing you want to be doing when you're really stressed out. Right. So we're really excited about this helpline and hoping to get it launched soon and, and hoping that more States have that available to them. What about a, what about a text line? Is that something that's come up in discussion with you guys? Oh yeah. I mean that 
we would love to have something like that. I think right now we're once obviously we you got to focus on. Call, yeah, 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 yeah. Now, yeah. as far as of course, there's the suicide hotline that anyone can text or call, and that's a, a wonderful resource. So, in you know, a matter of a mental health crisis, obviously that should be used. Now, if someone's just struggling and and they're like, you know, I really don't know where to turn. They can still call our number, but they can also call for other resources as well. And maybe in the future, you know, that text is available. But yeah, there's there's some other resources out there as well. And um, I would encourage people to understand the process of um, understanding what to do when someone's going through a mental health crisis. You know, we do encourage um, the mental health first aid training is really great. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've taken that before. Mm-hmm. Um, that they kind of walk you through that process in a really practical way of understanding, you know, who to call, what to do, how to be there for that person, what to say. Um, you know, that's the kind of training we want, you know, more people to, to have people like County extension agents who work with producers on a daily basis, who are on the phone with them, who are at their house. You know, those are the kind of people who work closely with farmers and ranchers who understand the struggles that they're going through and, if they're the first, you know, line of defense in a way to, to help, you know, then it's important for them to understand what to say and what to do. For sure. And, you know, it's just being able to, I think having somebody be there for people and I'll, I mean, myself included, I know how whenever I'm having a hard time, one of the most impactful things I can do is just talk to somebody about it. I'm a verbal processor. I don't think I've ever, friend Tyler Keckley on our latest podcast, actually, he said that about himself. And I realized that's how, what I am too. I'm a verbal processor. I have to, I talk, obviously I talk a lot. I have a podcast. Um, so. <laughs> you want to hear yourself. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I, uh, I, I see, I seem to work things out better by talking about them rather than thinking about them. And I think a lot, of, I think a lot of people are like that. I know not everybody's like that. Cause I know my wife isn't like that. She likes to think about things and I like to talk about things. And sometimes that's like oil and water. Um, <laughs> so we have to, we have to be careful with one another, but, but that just goes to take this another step further is they, for, for me, sometimes my wife is that person, but sometimes she's not either. So it's important to have a friend. A friend is, is, is awesome. A pastor is awesome. But sometimes you just need a total, like, like they say, a hotline. Somebody who is totally... Just a non-biased... Exactly. Yeah. Totally impartial to whatever's... Going yeah, on. it wasn't going to say, well, last time you did this or, right. well, you know, and give their opinion. Yeah, sometimes you just, you want to get to the facts. You want to get to yes. the solution. Um, and it's nice to have someone who doesn't know every little secret about mm-hmm. you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's something to be said. And again, it goes back to that non-threatening way of doing that in a hotline. You know, you know, you can sit in the, I mean... You can sit in the cab of your tractor. Nobody has to know. Nobody yep. but you and whoever you're talking to. Uh, obviously, they have full disclosure of, of confidentiality. So it's it's really, that's, there's something to be said for that. Yeah. It's exciting. I mean, 
I will say, you know, it's, it's really exciting to be in this age and time and to be in a place where, you know, we have hotlines, we have websites, we have podcasts about mental health and, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago, you know, it was, it looked different and right. it's hopeful. We'll see, you know, even more change in the next 10, 20 years. And yeah. Isn't it, um, isn't it kind of, it's kind of yeah. scary and overwhelming to think of how things are going to change. You know, I, how short, how fast our world has changed just in honestly, how the world has changed even since I graduated college, which has been 14 years ago. Now, t- just to give you a point of reference here, uh, when I graduated college, the day before I graduated college, I saw my first iPhone. Mm-hmm. That was the first, and that's been, f- for, and like, look at what an iPhone has become now. Oh, yeah. You know, and just, I mean. Evolution, yeah. In a short period of time, you know, relative to history as a whole, um, you know, 15, you know, less than 15 years. And, you know, so I, I, I'm curious to see like saying things like this, like the hotline, how they are going to evolve in 10, 15 years time. I'm honestly, I'm really excited for it because I think the challenges are only going to get greater so thus the resources need to get greater as well. And I know that they will. Oh, yeah. I mean, as we just look at the problems that continue to arise and finances and market changes and the pandemic. And mm-hmm. I mean, there's just always something I think that's going to come up. And that's just kind of the key phrase that we like to leave people with is, you know, you can't change what's going on around you. You can't change how, you know, what people do to you, what people say to you, what happens with the market, the weather, you know, all these things. But the only thing you can control and and change is how you respond. And that's the one thing you have, (laughs) you know, in this uncertainty. And, and that's, that's a really great thing to have. And so you've, you've got to take control of that and, and be, find some, some peace in that. So. And that's in the same light as this, independent spirit that we talk about that yeah sometimes we look at it and i think recognize it is a strength but it also can be a weakness but also kind of giving into that weakness or not giving in but like trying to work with that weakness too and helping people realize that you reaching out is you taking control right yeah you calling a hotline, you doing whatever it takes is you taking control and you're in, you're in charge of that. And it takes a strong independent mind to do those sort of things. It is, it's, it's a, it's, it's an uphill battle, but it's that, I think that sort of talk is going to, and, and spirit is going to resonate with people. Yeah. I mean, if something goes wrong on your farm or ranch, it's, <laughs> hundred percent of the time you're going to fix it. You're going to try to fix it. You're not going to ignore it because you know, ignoring it's not going to fix the problem. Ignoring it's going to make things worse. So you're going to fix it. You're going to learn what you need to do to overcome that challenge. And you know, that's exactly what needs to happen, you know, with the stress with mental health is, you know, something's going to happen. Something's going to take place at some point. Right. Right. But if you ignore it, it's going to compound, it's going to get worse. And so, fix the problem, you know, or if you can't fix the problem, manage it and find what you need to work on that. And 
sometimes it takes more than one person, you know, and, sure. and, and that's just maturity and that's introspection and just learning about yourself and how to adapt. Sure. Sure. Well, Shelby, I, I appreciate you coming back on the podcast and from what it seems, you're probably going to be back pretty soon, hopefully as well, if all goes to as hoping, because we need more places like the Southwest Ag Center that are doing the work that you guys are doing. And I think it's important to keep it as decentralized as possible, as regional as possible, because it's some, you know, what happened, we talk about this, you know, we were talking about the weather, what's challenging to you may not be challenging to me and vice versa. And so, I mean, there's that has to be that land we have, we, this country is such a huge landscape that it's impossible for everybody to experience everything in the exact same way. So that's why I like places like you guys that are focusing on a certain area uh, because that's where it starts. That's where the, start with those closest to you. You can make the biggest difference with the people closest to you, and then hopefully it blossoms from there. Yeah, we're we're really dependent on our partners. Um, we've got ten other ag centers in the U.S. that cover other states, and mm-hmm. that's just uh, we cover so much ground that way. Working together, sharing our resources, and and our knowledge and understanding what we've learned and we have a, a huge community um, of people who are like-minded and excited about you know providing these resources to producers and you know working to reduce injuries and fatalities in agriculture yep 100 percent. where where can people find all things southwest ag on online it's just swagcenter.org so s wagcenter.org cool and you're on facebook oh yeah are you guys on do you have an instagram page Uh, we have an instagram we we don't keep up with that we're facebook and twitter people and yeah that's where you can find most of our updates cool cool well shelby again it was a pleasure to speak with you and i'm very excited for all that you guys have going on okay well thank you so much for having me and I was glad I could, I could share about the work we're doing. Yeah, me too. Thank you. Go long for season-long foliar disease protection that starts at plant. Only Zyway brand fungicides from FMC provide season-long foliar disease protection from the start. Active ingredient flutriophol moves through your corn plants as they grow for inside-out protection from roots to tassel. Growers and retailers are sharing their Zyway brand fungicide success stories at zyway.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions. Thanks for listening to Ag State of Mind. We hope this episode has encouraged you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ag State of Mind. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. See you next week.